Swing and a drive! Welcome to Red, White, and Blue Jays, the podcast home of Blue Jays Fans UK, a group connecting Blue Jays fans around the UK and beyond and telling their stories. And now, here's the host of Red, White, and Blue Jays, Steve Hunter. Hi, guys. Welcome to another edition of Red, White, and Blue Jays. Uh, Glad that you've been able to find us and spend a little bit of time with us today. I'm really excited to have Karen with us this afternoon. I've had a lot of contact with Karen over quite a long period of time now, and uh, I'm sure you probably would have heard her somewhere along the lines if you've been following the Jays for some time, uh, and we'll get into a little bit of why that might be. But Karen, very warm welcome to you. How are you doing? I'm great, Steve. How are you? I'm good. Yeah, no, really well, thank you. Uh, excited about where we are as a team and what's happening. It's just starting to get exciting, and particularly yesterday was a big, big day. So we'll um, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about that that in a little bit of time. But just in terms of a bit of intro to you and where you are and and so on, just give us a little bit of a backdrop to your story and and where you are in the world, perhaps what you do, and how you found the Jays. Uh, what's your storyline there? Be great to hear that. Sure, thanks. So um, my my name is Karen Suter. I live in uh, Toronto, Canada, where I've lived all my life. Um, I uh, I'm married to my husband Ron, the love of my life. Uh, we we just celebrated our 18th wedding anniversary actually a week ago Yay. today. <laughs> my going to blue tie game. <laughs> Very good. Things. And uh, we we have three amazing cats. And um, we're we're both uh, we both have pretty good jobs. Myself, I'm an accountant. I work in the accounting department of an insurance brokerage where I've worked at actually since 2010. And it's I, I've had some different jobs in my life. Some of them not so great for the most part. I, I've been pretty lucky to work there. It's it's going pretty well. So and, and it's pretty close to home actually. It's about a 10 15 minute drive. So very fortunate and lot of ways so that's yeah (laughs) very nice so are you in downtown or are you sort of in the gta you know how how far away are you from places that matter right (laughs) yeah we're we're in the gta we're in the northeast end of toronto and uh, when when we go to blue jay games we sometimes we take public transit but a lot of the time we do drive and taking the highway it's maybe a half an hour drive so again depending on traffic but it's it's not bad so we're actually very close i don't know how familiar you are with toronto yourself reasonable yeah reasonable yeah, so we're we're very close to um, two major highways, the the four hundred one and the four hundred four. So, okay. Yeah, yeah. So do you come down the Don Valley Parkway into yes. town? Is that the, is that the route you take? Yeah, yeah. Very nice. So nice, and and you've grown up in Toronto. You say this this oh. is this has been your home all this time. <laughs> Excellent. So without wanting to give your age away at all. Um. Take it. Take us back to your earliest Blue Jays memories. Then, 
Right. So my my own Blue Jay fandom has kind of been a story in two parts. So I remember my, my very first memory going to a game with my now late father um, at Old Exhibition Stadium. And this would have been, I, I honestly don't remember what year it was, but it was pretty early in the Blue Jays' existence because they were a pretty bad team and they got in the in the game they got into a hole early and then a little later in the game they that they, they had a bit of a rally and they got some runners on and and scored a bit and i just that the crowd was going nuts and i enjoyed it but I, I i guess part of the realist in me thought you know why are you getting so excited with this this huge deficit but i i enjoyed the game but then you know life kind kind of gets in the way and and that's not really when i when i became a diehard but i guess baseball in general and the jays were sort of on the back burner and then part two in 1992 my my birthday happens to be in september and uh-huh. back then i was spending a fair bit of time with uh, my father my stepmother and my younger brother the four us usually got together and did something on weekends so my, my dad decided for my birthday that the four of us should go see a blue jay game and uh, so we did and and even though they lost that game i mean 1992 they were on the way to a championship and it was on that day that i became bitten by the baseball bug and i've been a diehard ever since so two two work stoppages a playoff drought of over 20 years and it's it couldn't drive me away from the team (laughs) yeah so as you're growing up as a as a child in toronto and ontario you've obviously got the expos who are up the road they're still going at that particular point in time Mm -hmm. did you as a as a high school student was baseball something that you were encouraged to play yourself or, or softball was it something that grabbed you in terms of your sort of childhood memories um or was that something you found sort of a bit later in life um for the most part i would say a little bit later in life i i remember when i was fairly young i played a bit of t-ball and as much as i enjoyed it i was never particularly good um i i was that kid in high school that got mostly A's other than gym class. So <laughs> I, I was one of those. And, and then I always I always wanted to re-engage. And actually, um, back in 2016, I found a summer softball league and uh, I played I played a bit of that for one season. And well, not much has changed. I still really enjoy it. And I'm still yeah. not making anybody's all-star team, but <laughs> I, I, I had the enjoyment of doing it and and i actually met a, a pretty good friend who i'm still in touch with today so really happy about that part of it and yeah it's, it's all good yeah no, no absolutely obviously going to exhibition stadium i would imagine that is i mean i've talked to a few guys that had the experience of going to see the jays play there um i i never had that that benefit i i my first game was in 94 so a couple of years after your sort of diehard moments so straight after the world series i was my first game okay (laughs) exhibition stadium though having seen the photos is quite a quirky ballpark uh just with the way that the sort of main grandstand seating goes off into the distance in one corner and uh Yeah. yeah i mean but clearly was it was popular wasn't it i think you know from what i can tell people are excited about this new team coming to town 
I, I would say so. I mean, I mean, again, this was this was a few years ago, so my memories aren't aren't a hundred percent. But yeah, I mean, just just having a major league baseball franchise in Toronto, the novelty of it is at first, and then just the way the team built. I mean, you went from not a very good team to adding different parts and becoming promising, Lloyd Mosby and and all of that, and just kind of coming together as a team part by part to the point where they made the playoffs. I mean, the 77 was their first year and, and only eight years later in 85, there yep. they were in the playoffs. So, Yeah, and that's pretty good turnaround, I guess, because there's plenty of sporting records out there, isn't there, where teams are literally gone, well, think about Pearl Maple Leafs in terms of where they're at. You know, there are, yeah, I, we won't go there. Um, but in ter- but there are plenty of sports franchises who've gone many, many years without getting into postseasons and so on. So for the Jays to get there relatively quickly with a, a new ball club uh, was exciting. And, and I, I've heard a lot of stories around that. Going into what was then Skydome, of course. What was that experience for a young fan? What did what did you remember about this big concrete structure, roof coming up, all that sort of stuff? What was that like for you? Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I know some people at Skydome at the time, and, and now it's known as the Rogers Center. Some people don't really like it that much. Personally, I don't know if there's a bias for me because it's the home ballpark, but I like the Rogers Center. I'm not saying that it can't stand for some improvements, and, and the Jays themselves know that because they're working on them. That They see there's the new and improved scoreboard and all, but yes, yeah, so, something about it to me feels very, homey it's a nice ballpark you've got the best of both worlds with the roof and i mean any anytime they're on a road the road and a game is delayed or postponed due to weather i <laughs> first thought is thank goodness that we have a roof at home yeah. so <laughs> yeah and it is i mean my my first sort of memories of going there i was up in the 500s uh over on the third baseline uh, on my first very my very first visit to the to the stadium mm-hmm. and uh i think for me and i was my early 20s when i first went so you'll you'll work out my age from that um but i remember you know walking up all the the ramps up to the 500 levels and there's just for me there was just like this because it was a whole new experience i've been to football stadiums soccer stadiums here and uh, it was the same sort of thing. You know, you, 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 you come out the little exit door into the seating area and it's for the first time you see the whole thing. And I'd, I'd been on that day, we'd been into the old Hard Rock Cafe, yeah. which was uh, now where the West Flight, flight Deck is, Westjet Flight Deck. And, um, and I remember being in there and watching the roof open. So I'd, I'd seen that experience. Mm-hmm. So I had this anticipation of what is it going to be like? What is it going to be like? And just coming into... And it's quite a sort of amphitheater, isn't it, Rogers Centre? It's it's you know this big bowl of a ballpark, yeah, and, <laughs> and it's steep at the top. And I just I loved it. I, f- I fell in love with it straight away. And as you say, I think there's a lot of people who have comments about you know yeah. <laughs> where, where it sits in in great ballpark design. Uh, but I think it's uniquely what it is. It you know doesn't try to be something else. Um, so just just as we're talking about Rogers and Joe wasn't planning to talk about it. are you excited about the the prospect of what they're looking to do in terms of because I, I know Mark Shapiro has talked a little bit more about some of the uh, the, the changes that they want to make 
particularly down at the hundred level. Are you excited by the prospect of that happening? Um, yeah, I, I am. It's, it all sounds very nice. I, I mean, I've over, over the years, I've sat um, almost anywhere you can imagine at the Rogers Center. So I, I've been in the 500 section plenty of times, including this season, 100, 200 uh, private boxes, been fortunate enough on a few occasions. And, and one game a few years ago, we treated ourselves to in the action, which is an amazing experience. Okay, so, you, you're going to have to talk those two experiences through to me because you're the first person who's who's done that. So let's let's do the, the in the box thing. What just talk us through what what do you get? What's it like? Is it worth it? All that stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, I've actually and we had the experience. Well, I myself have been three different times um, and didn't didn't actually pay for it the first time. Um, I won a contest through my work. Um, the second time, actually, later that season, just a, a connection that a family member had to the team that he got the use of a private box for one game. And, and then uh, like 10 years later in 2017, we were actually season ticket holders for one season. And that was one of the perks that we got access to. So, I, I mean, it's if you're paying for it, um, it's obviously for someone with some money. And uh, it's if you don't have tons and tons of money it's probably not something you're going to indulge in by paying for it or anything but yeah I mean it's a great it's a great experience as a treat as a once in a while I, I mean you've got yeah just the, this whole area to, to yourself and whatever group that you're a part of um, food is usually included and, and the seats are seats are very comfortable just everything like the view is great and just everything about it yeah, it's, it's a great experience. That, that's at the two hundred level, is it? That they have those. Um, actually, it's the the private boxes are I think three hundred. Three hundred upper level again. Yeah. Very nice, and as you say, food and drink on tap, and yeah. all that sort of stuff. And, and presumably, do they? I can't remember now. Do they have like sliding doors that you can then go and sit, so you feel like you're more in the ballpark, or are you behind glass and stuff? Um, no, that's it's open. Yeah, yeah it's, it, it's open. So, yeah. Very cool. Very nice. And your second experience? Yes. So this is that that was something that we decided to treat ourselves. We said, you know, one day we've got to sit in those in the action seats. And, and we kind of just decided spontaneously one Sunday that, OK, today's the day. So we went and uh, bought ourselves a couple of tickets. And that's like you're it, it's not enclosed, but the seats are very comfortable. They're hundred level. They're like right behind home plate and again like there's there's servers coming out all game um like all, all the food is included and you know would you like with this would you like this and yeah gourmet food and just very very much a vip experience so unless we win a lottery we're not going to be making a habit of that but i'm really glad <laughs> we did it once and <laughs> yeah no i think i think it's one of those sort of things that if you're celebrating perhaps a, a certain birthday or something like that it will be you know, nice to treat yourself down there. So in terms of, were you on the on the Blue Jays dugout side, on the third base side, or were you on the first base side? Because I, I think they've got them on both. both. We, we were right behind home plates. They've right got behind. the three locations. Um, so. Amazing. Yeah. Didn't didn't meet home plate lady while you were there then? Was she, was no. she in that day? <laughs> no. she, she wasn't in that day. Very nice. Okay. That's, I don't know why we went off on that tangent, but it's good to do. 
let's just rewind them back to your back to your world series so were you at any of the world series games were you at the games that won it or were you just what what do you remember of (laughs) 92 straight 93 right yeah i i've never actually attended a world series game in person hoping to change that at some point um we did go in 1993 to the alcs uh the the family went to i i believe games three four and five were in toronto and the family went to all three but i had a commitment for the middle game so i went some um, for games three and five nice. so yeah <laughs> that and, and was what, nice <laughs> yeah and and does it feel different to a regular season game i'm sure it does this is a slightly daft question to ask but <laughs> what, what, what what are the tangible differences perhaps that's a better, better right. question. yeah i mean that's it, it's hard to really say other than you know you know when you're when you're at a regular season game I, I think it's just a different mindset I mean if you love baseball and it's great to go to a game and all of that but when when you're at a postseason game it's just okay they, this is my team and they've made it and now now what are they going to do once they're here how far can they go and what one of the things I I, I have many baseball sayings expressions so to speak and one of the things that I always say sometimes people complain about postseason performance and I say one of the things you have to remember is when you get into the playoffs you're you're, you do not have the luxury of beating up on bad teams when you're in the playoffs you're only playing against other good teams so (laughs) even if you don't do as well players don't do as well as you've been expecting but you're playing top-notch competition and somebody's got to win so but yeah yeah (laughs) yeah totally so 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 fast forwarding through to 2015 and that's probably you know from from those two world series that was really the next sort of real big moment for the jays as a franchise Yes. Were you, were you again were you able to get to any of the postseason games were you at the game uh what was your memories of 2015? <laughs> In 2015 and 2016, I was fortunate enough to go to every home playoff game. So. Wow, that's a privilege. Yes. Okay, right. Well, let's let's start with 2015 then. Mm-hmm. So two losses to the Rangers. How hard was that to stomach? Oh my gosh, I was. I was so upset, like I wasn't just disappointing, but I was really angry, especially after game two. And <laughs> I, I, I won't tell you on air what my nickname for Vic Carapaza is, but <laughs> later maybe I will, but maybe you can guess. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I'm convinced that he handed that game to the Rangers. And I, I felt, I, I couldn't help but feel like, it was over at that point. And, you know, what are you doing? This is such a special team. And now we're never going to see just how good they could have been. And I I just thought the, the prospect of winning three games in a row with the first two being on the road in Texas, I didn't see them climbing out of that hole. And, well, luckily I was wrong. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, did, you know, obviously having those opening two losses and then them going down, down to Texas to try and grab them back. Do you think... Or did you anticipate that fifth game or perhaps more more 
accurately, did, do you think Toronto as a city anticipated the fifth game? Do you think <laughs> there was, because 2015, there's a massive big trades that went on that particular season, um, you know, particularly oh, later. Yeah. Uh, and, and so there was this, uh, what I remember of it, there's a huge momentum and and then obviously the disappointment of those two losses. But I, I seem to re- recall there being definitely a heartbeat to say, do you know what, we can do this. We can pull this back because of the the roster that we had at that particular moment in time. Uh, is that is that what you recall? I mean, did you had you bought your fifth game ticket at that point? Oh yeah, I mean it's we we but the, the way the Blue Jays did it was they sold them as strips. So yeah, I, I'd already bought tickets to the entire series. In fact, I I already had it planned who I was going to what games with. And uh, my husband at the time, he had a, a job um, working shift work. So I wasn't able to go with him to all of the games. We, we went to a game together. And then I went uh, with a, a friend from work to, uh, I went with a friend from work to game one. I went with Ron to game two. And then I had a plan game five. I was going with a, another woman who funny story i actually met her earlier that season at a blue day game didn't know her all that well um but what she and i had in common was that we were both diehard blue jays fans so we stayed in touch we had we made a plan to go to that game together and, and i remember being frustrated and, and expressing the frustration and uh and her being like replying with being very positive and having no doubts and it's like, you know, they're, they're going to win and they're going to play that fifth game. And I said, love the positive, positive attitude. I'll see you next Wednesday. Very so nice. <laughs> yeah. So going into fifth game. Oh, my goodness. What a game. <clears throat> the atmosphere was electric in the ballpark. Certainly that's how it came across on, on, on TV oh, yeah. as, as we're yeah. watching it. The seventh inning was a crazy affair by by so many reasons and, and and so on and obviously we're listening on to the you know the tv broadcast in terms of ex- explanation as best as they could understand it about what was happening but for guys like you in the ballpark how confusing was that uh that whole particularly uh in terms of what happened with russell martin and throwing the ball back and it coming off the bat and all those things what was the what was the conversation like around you yeah. at that moment <laughs> i i mean I'll, I'll be honest i i didn't even completely understand the the ruling or the reasons behind it and i i had to kind of listen and and read about it later and, and of course look on twitter because i can't seem to keep myself off of twitter but yeah <laughs> and just w- watching the play and watching it unfold it's like you know, it's it's one thing to watch your team lose and understand why, but I, I didn't get that. Yeah. And yeah, just the the atmosphere. I, I think in terms of fan reactions, that that's got to be the most crazy, intense game that I've ever attended in my life. And in, in the top of the, the seventh there, and even like in, in between innings and at the seventh inning stretch. And I, I mean, they just didn't stop booing. It was nonstop. And, and as I say, I mean, I'm there with a, a female friend who, to be honest, I don't even know that well. And uh, my husband was at work and I, I was getting this sinking feeling that if the Jays can't come back and win this game, 
Like, are, are people going to be able to get out of there and get home safely? Like, I, I was starting to feel afraid from that standpoint. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh. it was. It, I mean, it did go crazy, didn't it? After after that moment, uh, they obviously go ahead and the, all the shenanigans that was happening at that moment in time and all the can throwing and all that stuff. Where were you in the ballpark that evening? Where, where, where were you seating? Yeah, um, 200 level, uh, third third base side, like may, maybe a bit past third base. So, okay, yeah, so you, were, you weren't you were right in the firing line then in terms of what was coming no. down from above? No. <laughs> um, no, which was one of those things that I think, you know, as we probably as, as fans look back and think that should never have happened and, and no. you know, you, you, you can't condone that behaviour. However, it happened. Uh, we then go into the bottom of the seventh and then Texas, you know, their wheels start falling off and, you know, three areas in a row. And I mean, I ju it just it was it was boiling up, wasn't it, for that moment? Um, <laughs> what was that? What was that like watching that, in? That, that half inning almost made me believe that baseball gods are real. <laughs> Mitch Williams, meet Elvis Andrews. <laughs> like, oh my gosh. And in fact, I, I seem to recall after, I don't know if it was the following year, but the next time Elvis Andrews was at the Rogers Center after that, he got quite the ovation from the Jays fans. Like, oh my gosh, leave the poor guy alone. I'm sure he'd remember, I'd rather forget about it. But yeah, it's, it's, Almost as if, like the baseball gods said, no, that that crazy play is not going to be the end of this magical season. And yeah, <laughs> if any, if anything could go wrong in the top of the seventh, it did. And if anything could go right in the bottom of the seventh, it did. <laughs> yeah. And what do you remember of the bat flip or were you not even aware of it at the time? <laughs> yeah, uh, I'll be on it. And typically speaking, when I am, particularly when I'm at the ballpark, it's a little different being home watching on TV because you get all the different vantage points. But when I'm there, I tend to follow, follow the ball. So sure. when he did it, it's like I watched it and I thought, yeah, that's that's it. That's a no doubter. And I was all excited. And then I I didn't understand all this bat flip talk until after the fact. And I went back and, and heard all the comments and saw the video replay and all that. Like, OK, that's what they're talking about. Yeah, because once he hit it, I was watching the ball. I wasn't still watching Bautista to see, OK, what else might he do now that he, he, he hit that sack? <laughs> I think I think every home run that anybody hits, that's what people do. They follow the ball. Absolutely. You know, it's, it's not until you see the replays and everything else. And I, and I guess, you know, because they're putting it up on the Jumbotron anyway, that probably people started to see it in the ballpark after the event. But um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody I've spoken to <laughs> said they didn't see him do it live, yeah. as, it, as it were. Uh, place goes crazy. Um, there's a bit more. Uh, stuff going on I think I can't I can't remember the order of play I remember Edwin coming out and trying to calm everybody down and yeah. and the Rangers yeah. thinking that he was trying to g everybody up and all this sort of stuff it was yeah a bit of a mess uh but what a what a crazy 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 game yeah <laughs> I I mean I my recollection was middle of the night obviously here 
it was about two thirty, three o'clock in the morning when all that happened. Yeah. And uh, I mean, as best I was not trying to wake up the rest of the house. Uh, I think what, <laughs> pro- pro- probably to, probably to this day is is the most intense sporting moment I can remember ever watching just yeah. because of all that happened. So crazy, crazy, crazy stuff. And I think that was, you know, on the back of all that, it was disappointing that they, they clearly didn't go all the way in 2015. 2016, uh, pretty much with the same group of players. And I think everybody felt if it's not this year, it's not going to happen with this particular roster. How disappointing was 2016 to tail out in the way it did? Yeah, I mean, in in hindsight, and I think after they were eliminated from the playoffs, something hit me that 2015 was, to me, a championship caliber team. And there were just a few different things that went wrong. And there, there are so many things that I point to that, you know, what if Brett Cecil hadn't gotten injured? What yeah. if, there are so many what ifs that had they gone differently, I could see that team being a championship. The 2016 Blue Jays were still good and they were still worthy of a championship berth, but they they were, I, I didn't want to see it at the time, but I think they were already on a bit of a downslide. I mean, that core for a major league team was old. I mean, they were already into their 30s. I mean, that might be nothing to you or me, but to a professional athlete, that's a big deal. That's your, you're on the downside of your career there. And I mean, going going into that season, people thought, oh, well, the offense is going to be great. Their defense is pretty good at a lot of positions. Don't know about the starting rotation, but maybe the other pieces, so to speak, will be enough to carry them. And then the reality was the exact opposite. It was that rotation that carried them as far as they were able to get. So, but yeah, it's... It's unfortunate that, I, I mean, they they did great as far as getting a wild card berth, winning that wild card game and sweeping the Rangers. But then that was it. I mean, when they, in 2015, when they played the Royals, I felt like those were two pretty evenly matched team, teams and either one could have won that series. In 2016, that series against Cleveland, I mean, they looked overmatched. Unfortunately, yeah. it was sad, but. It is what it is. Uh, it's the nature of sport, isn't it? You you yeah. seldom get these moments where everything lines up and 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 you you know lift the trophy at the end of the season. And uh, yeah, I I think I think 2016, as you say, they just they met a better team on the day, and and that was that. And we started to see the unpicking of that particular group of players. And really, I guess the the seeds of what we are now experiencing in 2022 were starting to be laid in terms of this is where the ball club's going. We're going to have a few rebuilding years. And uh, the sense of anticipation, I think, for me, kicked in probably in the weird pandemic year in 2020, where we had the shortened season. But I think we were starting to see some of these guys coming through how excited are you for our current 2022 Blue Jays? Oh, wow. <laughs> I, I think this is a special group. 
And I think we're in for a very, very good season. I, I think they're going to go further than they did in 2016. I really see a championship caliber team, and they might still be looking at, at making a tweak or two, and it'll be interesting as far as the trade deadline to see, or, or if they can even do anything internal. I mean, people, people who have watched... Matt Gage pitched a lot longer than I have because I've seen him pitch two games, <laughs> but but I know people who've seen him play in the minors and, and even in, in college and so forth and, and along his career say that, you know, this guy isn't just some fill-in. They didn't just call him up uh, because they were desperate for anyone and, okay, here's this guy that's doing all right at AAA, so give him a shot. They, they seem to think that he's someone who can be legitimate and stick with the team and get major league hitters out and and now that's now that's at team Mesa's back as of yesterday i mean maybe they've got their two lefties there rather than having to go out and trade for someone we'll see so yeah it'll be interesting to see what other changes they're able to make whether that's internal or going outside of the system externally and but yeah, I think I, I think all the pieces are there, and I don't think we've seen the team firing on all cylinders as of yet. I mean, a few weeks back, it was the, an absolutely amazing starting rotation that was carrying the team as much as they did when it was because of that, and we were waiting for the bats to wake up, and now we've kind of seen the reverse. Now the lineup is... Like over since May the 24th, their first in MLB in like every category, every important category. And now the pitching has been a little inconsistent here and there, depending who we're talking about. But I, I don't think we've seen them fire on all cylinders yet as good as they've been. They've got... I believe still the third best record in the entire American League. The last time I checked, they had a better record than a, a division leader, the Minnesota Twins. Yep. So, I, I mean, they're already doing very well. And I think they have another gear that we haven't seen yet, but we're going to see it. Yeah, I think, I think everybody, uh, as you say, at the beginning of the season, felt that probably we had... <laughs> if not the best, certainly one of the best starting rotations, as you mentioned. And, uh, you know, there's a great deal of excitement around that. Uh, I think Ryu was probably the one that we were all slightly nervous of in terms of how is he going to perform, particularly after last year. Yeah. Um, uh, and in terms of the offense, I think everybody was, again, saying, you know, one through to nine, these guys, they are so hot, they're just going to come into it. And I think we haven't spoke about the end of last season in terms of what happened on that last day and, and, missing out on the postseason by you know that one game uh yeah let's not relive it but but that was the reality and then i think you know i feel particularly how the postseason uh played out last year i think if we had got through we had a really really strong chance of going all the way now we didn't and it didn't happen so we have to move on so i think with all of that in the background Coming into 2022, everybody's, you know, this offense is just going to go boom. And it didn't. And it didn't. It wasn't like one or two of them. It was almost all of them were struggling initially. Yeah. And there was also the talk about the balls and all that sort of stuff. How frustrating is it for a ball club, do you think, when you know the potential of what you've got within your grasp and 
it just doesn't happen. I mean, what, what, what were you thinking in terms of this is what they need to do or how do they turn this around? Or was it a case of we just got to sit it out, guys, because we know by the law of percentages they will pull it back? Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, who, who the heck knows? I, I wish I wish I was someone with that kind of behind the scenes knowledge. But yeah, I mean, there's there's my own feelings about it all. There's all kinds of different fans. Like I say, I think I, I need to. I enjoy Twitter. I enjoy connecting with people. I think maybe I need to spend a little less time on <laughs> Twitter because there's there's a fair bit, unfortunately, of, of toxic toxicity, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I mean, I understand the feelings of disappointment, but some people, it's like they that they have one game like yesterday where they can't score any runs, and some people are jumping off the bandwagon and like, oh my god, it's one game. Do you not understand that you know maybe you're a, a football fan, maybe you're an NFL or a CFL fan and you're, you're used to you know one game out of 16 or 18 actually being a big deal this is one game out of 162 like don't don't let it get you but I, I'm sure the team cared and very much did care I mean when you've got Vlad <laughs> breaking a bat over his leg after a bat yes that they, they absolutely care that they were struggling for a while there and I don't know behind the scenes a lot of people thought you know you have to bring back Dante Bichette and have him work with the hitters or I don't know if they made some sort of behind the scenes change that the general public isn't aware of but whatever they've been doing for the last three weeks or whatever it's been just keep doing it I mean the talent is there these guys are not you know raw rookies out of the gate or anything most of them are major league veterans even if a few of them are young veterans I think guys like Bichette and Guerrero this is their fourth season in major league baseball so they they know that they have the talent they know that they have had the success against major league pitching and whatever it is that they needed to do differently, they they found a way to do it, and they're scoring runs now. Yeah, no, absolutely, and I think I think we've all been thrilled to see, particularly people like Santiago Espinal, do so well because again, we forget so quickly how time moves on. Because at the beginning of the season, there was this sort of, is it going to be him? Is it going to be Kevin? You know, how's that one going to play out? I mean, how how thrilled have you been to see how well he has adapted to his new role at second base? Oh yeah, I mean he's he's just been great, and, and I actually I, I wrote about him, and and I said that I think he should be an all star. I'm not sure if he's going to get the nod, but you know there there might be one one guy who might get voted in ahead of him. But I think at the very least he deserves a reserve selection. He might not necessarily get it just because there are a number of other Blue Jays that might also get chosen, and every team has to be represented, and and sometimes someone who's just Serving doesn't get the nod just because I, I play on too talented of a team and, and five of my teammates are already going. But yeah, I, I mean, I've I've always liked Espinal going back to his major league 
big debut back in 2020. I thought that he was and is a very smart player. He's the kind of player that does the little things right. And I mean, in that first season, his his defense was good. His his base running was good. Um, it just took him a little time to adjust on the hitting side to face a major league pitching. But in the past two seasons, I mean, last year, his all-around game, other than hitting for power, was very, very good. And then, of course, this season, he builds up some extra muscle, and now his his slugging percentage, as well as everything else, is much better. And yeah, I just, I'm, I'm really such an Espinal fan. I'm, I'm so impressed with him. Yeah, no, I, I think we all are. I think it's been great to see, see as you say, see him. Uh, flourish this year and uh, really to make that position his own uh, yeah. as much as much as I want to see Kevin do well uh, you know it's been hard to to watch him have the struggles and then obviously go down to AAA and just try and get things sorted out but yeah. good to see him back and, and getting back on ball a little bit more now that's exciting to see He's been much better since being called back up. His his numbers since then are like, you know, night, night and day. It's, yeah. if anything, it seems like maybe that's what he needed to go back to play every day. But maybe he needed a change in his approach or whatever. But yeah, I'm I'm also a big fan of Biggio. And yeah, that's that's been a little tough because I didn't know if they would platoon. And I remember going to, we, we went to the first two games this season. And of course, Biggio started both. And then Espinal pinch hits. And I was kind of, I, I guess I was looking at something else. Maybe I was looking at my phone and uh, Ron kind of nudged me with Espinal out in the on deck circle getting ready to pinch head and I'm like you know what are they doing yeah I like Espinal but why does he have to take Vigio's playing time and then of course he gets a key hit and the Jays go on to win and yeah I, I mean with his play as much as I like Vigio and I'm glad that they're still finding playing time for him Espinal deserves that full-time spot at, at second base the way he's played yeah without without question so it would be remiss of us not to talk about the excitement of yesterday and a certain young man who made his MLB debut. How do you see the Jays unfolding the catching position in terms of three great guys? Obviously, Danny's out at the moment injured, but um, Alejandro Kirk is absolutely storming, uh, particularly, yeah. particularly with the bat. Gabriel Marino's been doing it down in AAA, obviously got his call up yesterday or first game yesterday. How do you see that one unfolding as we go through this season? Yeah, I mean, that, that that's actually, that's the most recent thing that, that I wrote about. I mean, the Jays, that they've got a problem that 29 MLB franchises would love to have. They've got two catchers, even though one is on the IL right now, but two of them who have and have had success at the major league level. So it's not like they're prospects or, or fringe guys, no, no disrespect to Zach Collins, but it's probably not in their long-term plans. But yeah, I mean, Jansen and Kirk have both been very good each in their own way. And then you've got this top prospect that's knocking on the door and, and we finally got to see him yesterday. And wow, I, I have to say, I, I thought, you know, I wanted to temper my own expectations where Moreno is concerned just because he's a raw rookie. And even if he ends up being an MLB star player, most guys do take some time to adjust 
to Major League Baseball and, and the highest level of competition. And oh my goodness, I mean, a stolen or, or a caught stealing, excuse me. And I, I wonder at one point, at what point that they told him that the scoring had been changed and, and he officially <laughs> he officially has a caught stealing in the majors, even though the guy wasn't out. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, there's that. And they're talking about the, the pop time being a late elite. I mean, his running time. He's a catcher for Pete's sake, and and his sprint speed was twenty nine point seven. Like, <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness, that that's one I didn't see coming. So yeah, I mean he. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he he seems to have it all, doesn't he? I mean, uh, one of the plays he did yesterday, just trying to pick off somebody running into second base, and Bo actually dropped the ball. But again, yeah. just I was early in the game, and I'm thinking this is on your MLB debut, and. Just seems to be no fear about the the young man, and he's only twenty two. I think I'm right in saying twenty two. Oh, yeah. So you know there is such a young core group of players now around this ball club, and I think as we reflected in terms of the 2015-16 season, she said that the guys were pushing up through through into their thirties. You can see that there is this window that they have over the next two or three years, particularly that that there is going to be a championship out of this, this, this group. Um, yeah, I, I, I really think so. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 we're all trying to pinch ourselves and not get too excited ahead of the time because there are some good ball clubs out there. Obviously Yankees have started exceptionally well. Yeah. I know <laughs> it's just the reality, but you know, in terms of the competition they've had compared to who we've been playing, I think they've had an easier run in particularly in the first two months think it's important for the jays now to make sure that as they have you know they're all at mlb clubs at the end of the day they're in the major leagues for a reason so there's never an easy game but there should be some of these i think picking up the series so obviously yesterday was perhaps a slightly disappointing loss uh-huh. um need to bounce back today do, yeah. do you feel do you feel the jays have got it in them to catch the yankees or I, I keep saying yes. I I believe in this team. I, I mean, it's been said a thousand times that, that the Yankees have had a relatively easier schedule and the Jays have had one of the hardest schedules. And eventually, I mean, it's just starting to happen now where they're playing some teams whose records aren't so great. And uh, I, I still feel like it's going to happen. Yeah. Well... <laughs> I liking that positivity, Karen. That's excellent. In terms of uh, the work that you're doing, so just tell us a little bit about your podcast, World Life, because I know you 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 host your own and uh, you're also involved with Jays on the Couch. Tell me tell, tell me how all that started. Where, where did where did podcasting world for you and uh, covering the Jays all begin? Yeah, so I, I was actually um, doing uh, some writing for for another blog website, which is actually now defunct. Um, but in the meantime, I saw on Twitter where Jays from the Couch had had put out there that you know if you're interested in in writing for our website, uh, click here, apply here, and and I thought about it, and and I thought you know this this really seems ideal and up my alley because it seems like it's exclusive. Blue Jays focused and, and in terms of my baseball fandom, I'm a baseball fan, but I am very, very much a Toronto Blue Jays fan first. 
Um, I always enjoyed writing, even going back to high school when I was figuring out what the heck I was going to do with my life. Um, I, I wrote then in, in high school in English classes. And I remember one English teacher telling me that, you know, I, I had enough talent that if I wanted to consider writing as a career, that I should do it. And, and I remember she, she wrote it at the end of one of my pieces. She said, I enjoyed reading this. And that's the supreme compliment. Like, wow, thank you. But again, life sort of got, got in the way and I ended up doing different things as far as making some money. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm very glad to be doing this as a hobby. So um, I, I applied to Jay's from the couch and uh, they took me on and I'm still there. That's, that was in, I believe, around December of 2018. So I've written a number of pieces for them. Um, and then I started back, back, it was uh, the Jays from the Couch radio podcast. It was a weekly thing. And uh, it was just whoever wanted to volunteer. And I, it, it took me a while to volunteer, but I enjoyed doing it. I wasn't sure how well I would come across, but I, I mean, I enjoyed doing that. And then it sort of evolved that uh, the same people were volunteering week after week after week. So it's kind of the three of us now pretty much every week with Sean Doyle, the senior editor of Jays from the Couch, uh, Steve Feck, um, who's always got lots of <laughs> lots of interesting viewpoints and, and very, very unique, very smart, very worth a listen to, whether you agree or disagree with him. And uh, then a, a little over a year ago, um, Sean decided to make more use of the YouTube channel and start doing these YouTube shows uh, for whoever was interested. And I said that I was. And so now I've got Sunny Side of, of the Dome, which I really enjoy doing. And I mean, it's it's me. It's it's my viewpoint on the Blue Jays. So I I tend to be a glass half full sort of person. On the other hand, there are times when you know what that they're not giving me anything to be glass half full about. Whether it's the overall team, whether it's certain players that I think you know what they've given this guy a shot and he's not working out. I think they need to move on from him. But uh, yeah, I I tend to be positive more often than not and. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. So I just I don't know how you managed to do it all, to be honest, because, you know, you're involved, as I say, in two podcasts. You you tweet a lot, uh, <laughs> a lot. You know, you're out, you're out there. And uh, I think often, obviously, with the games being in the evening here, um, sorry, overnight when they're in the evening in, in Canada, um, yeah. you know, one of our first things is I'll just quickly check through the, the, the Twitter feed and. Oh, there's another one by Karen. Oh, there's another one by Karen. Oh, there's <laughs> lots by Karen coming through. So uh, you're very busy on the on the Twitter front, which is excellent. So uh, just for the benefit of everybody, where can they find you in all the stuff that you do? Where, where so just give us a few of your sort of social handle type stuff. Right. Yes. Yeah. So my, my Twitter handle is at Karen Sutar one. That's S O U T A R one. And <laughs> as we're saying, I'm, I'm pretty active on Twitter. So if you want to follow me, feel free. We can talk baseball or, or other things. As I always say, mutual respect is important because you don't always find that on social media, but well, most people are pretty good. So yes, 
uh, on Twitter a lot. And, and again, there's at jaysfromthecouch.com if you want to read them. And there's several really good authors and everybody has their own writing style and their own focus. Right, Ryan Mueller is an expert on the minor league system. Um, Bob Ritchie is just, I, I, I don't know that there's a person out there who does the in-depth analysis better than he does, probably not as well as he does. He's he's so good at all of that. And uh, yeah, there's there's lots of really good stuff there to read, to watch, to listen to. And so we're out there. <laughs> yeah, totally. I, I just encourage anybody to, you know, if you're interested in uh, following and reading anything about the Jays, uh, your stuff that Karen and, and the team are putting out is, is, is top notch. And uh, Thank you. Been a real thrill to catch up with you and finally put a face to the name and uh, be able to speak to you, Karen. I really appreciate uh, your time uh, this morning for you, afternoon here in the UK. Um, just final question. Uh, if there's an international series that, we, well, we know there's going to be international series that are going to be hosted here in the UK. Yeah. We've already had the Yankees Red Sox back in 2019. We know there's a game uh, next year. Uh, yeah 2023 24 and 26 here in the uk if the jays are one of those teams ever fancy a trip overseas have you ever been here before i have actually been I, we were fortunate enough to, enough to take a trip in the summer of 2019 we went uh, first to london and then we moved on to paris and then back home so i'm sure there's tons that i didn't get to see but i'm very happy to have seen a small piece and uh, experience that a bit and all i can say is i mean t time and money are always a consideration but the, those permitting i would love to go back sometime and if i could combine that with seeing the blue jays in another ballpark hey <laughs> yes. win -win. <laughs> yeah no absolutely and uh, if you do manage to come it'd be lovely to see you and to meet you in person and uh yes yeah ca catch up that 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 would be super cool uh karen Thank you so much for your time today. Really do appreciate it. And uh, guys, thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed just catching up with Karen and hearing all about her world. Uh, please go and follow her. Say hello to her from the UK. I mean, she was brilliant yesterday. She she tagged me in a post that Vernon Wells is coming over here to London and said, you need to can, Did contact he you. <laughs> uh, well, he he liked my tweet when I said okay. to him. Well, there yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. So, well, we, we, we got a little way there. So uh, really nice. appreciate that, Karen. Uh, we will catch up with you soon. Thanks so much for your time. Yes, thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Cool. Take care, Dave. Bye-bye. Bye. The Red, White & Blue Jays podcast is a production of Blue Jays Fans UK. If you've got a Blue Jays story to share, let us know. Email us at bluejaysfansuk at gmail.com. And follow along on Twitter and Instagram at bluejaysfansuk. I'm your announcer, Jim Langton. Thanks for listening.